see you all this morning. We're so glad that you are here. This is Memorial United Methodist Church. So if you thought you were in the Presbyterian Church, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> uh, Joe Kate is the pastor of this church. I am not Joe Kate. I'm Bob McQuaid. Joe is under the weather. He has some kind of virus and it really put him down. He is doing a little better today, but he's been really pretty sick. So I'm standing in and we will do the best we can without him. We welcome visitors today. If you are here for the first time, or second, or third, we're glad that you've come. And please come back, because I'm not the regular pastor. And you'll get the real deal next Sunday, or whatever. So we're glad that you are here. If you have prayer requests that you would like uh, us to remember in the prayer and the Tuesday prayer group, would you raise your hand and someone will bring you a card and a pencil so that you can write down your prayer request and we'll remember that in our time of prayer. Erwin has announced. Erin Knight, direct, there it is. Director of Children and Family Ministries, and I just want to share a few announcements with you this morning. First, we strive to practice radical hospitality, and in, to that end, we're working to complete our church directory. Um, so if you have not had a family picture or individual picture, if you um, prefer that, um, we will have two opportunities on January 8th for you to take those. Um, Adam Wycliffe will take them after the services at 9 and 11 on January 8th, and as you may have noticed, they're Quite a few new staff members so we'll get our pictures taken that day as well if you want to have that picture done please email Beth so that we know how many to expect and her email and information is in the, the announcement the bulletin that you have um, we strive to practice passionate worship um, so we're thankful to all those who donated poinsettias uh, to create a more beautiful sanctuary if you we would like for you to leave them for us to enjoy however if you wish to take yours home today Please take one from the narthex, but leave the tray. So those in the narthex are the best to take if you need one. Uh, the Children's Choir will perform right here at 9 o'clock next Sunday, and we encourage you not to miss that very special service. And we have three special services coming up around Christmas and New Year's. So Christmas Eve, we will um, worship together at 5.30. Christmas Day, there will be no Sunday school, and we will worship at 10 o'clock. And same for New Year's Day. Um, all of those services will be in the sanctuary. Uh, there will not be nursery for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day because we want your children to come join us um, in the services and to give our volunteers a day off to be with their families at that special time. Uh, we strive to practice intentional faith development. Um, this week, Sunday school classes will see a sheet in your room that will let you indicate your interest in having Joe write your Sunday school uh, curriculum rather than buying the books you've been using. Um, there were two reasons we wanted to do this. One, it can match the sermon series so we can all be really thoughtful about the topic at hand and go deeply into it. The children and youth are already doing this. Um, but also, those books cost us a tremendous amount of money each year and we're looking for ways to save costs while improving 
um, all the experiences we have here. Um, so just mark yes or no on that, please. Um, we strive to practice risk-taking mission and service. The Adults Unlimited class is seeking donations to help with their angel tree um, ministry, and if you want to support that, just write it on an envelope and put it in the collection plate. That's a little trickier in here. Do we have envelopes? I say these things and then I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I show that I'm a rookie every once in a while. Um, and then each week during Advent, the children are replicating famous paintings of um, the birth story, the nativity, different things that they are studying in Sunday school along with the Journey series. Um, your ticket to the art show that will display all this beautiful work is a um, child's coat or a box of diapers that you can bring to the Christmas Eve service. And on Christmas Eve, you will see all their work displayed on the walls surrounding the sanctuary. It'll also be up on Christmas Day and a little while after that. Um, so everyone gets a chance to enjoy it. Extravagant generosity. We also strive to practice that. We have now received 135 pledge cards. Um, pledges are important for our planning of 2017. Your pledges of extravagant generosity help us make plans for all the other practices we strive to, to practice next year. So if you haven't gotten those cards in, we encourage you to do so. Thanks. God, we thank you for this wonderful, beautiful day. We thank you for another opportunity that we are able to come together and worship you in this place. We pray that you would, again, open our hearts and our minds so that we could receive the message that the McQuaids have prepared for us today and um, focus on your word. In Jesus' name, amen.
Would you turn and greet one another? I failed to uh, remind you that on Christmas Day, Sunday, we will have one service, 10 o'clock, it'll be in the sanctuary. And on New Year's Day, Sunday, we will have one service, 10 o'clock, in the sanctuary. Daryl and Joanne Richworth are lighting our Advent candle today. I'm reading from Psalms 43, 3 and 4. Oh, send out the light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill, to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with harp, O oh God, my God. It is getting closer. We feel it. The days are shorter, but the lights burn brighter. We are listening. We are eager to hear good news. We have gathered together in the house of joy. We are here to praise God with beautiful music. We are here to praise God with all we have. Today we light the candle of joy. We worship God with exceeding joy. We worship God with exceeding joy. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we come here today not because we have to, but because we want to. We want to come and meet with you and other believers. We want to hear your word. We want to be touched by your spirit. We want to know that you are among us. And so we invite you to come and dwell with us in this service today. And may everything we do and say and think and focus on honor and glorify Jesus, our Savior and Lord. There are some of our folks who need special care, some who are ill, some who are grieving, some who are traveling, some who are having treatments in hospitals, or, and we pray for them that they will sense your presence with them, that you will encourage them and lift up their spirits, and that you will bring healing and protection and strength to them. We pray especially for Dale Maxwell and his health, and Cy Bailey health. We pray for our pastor Joe and ask that he may recover quickly and be able to return to the work that he loves 
the ministry he performs among us. And so we offer all these praises and requests to you today in Jesus' name. And he taught us, and so we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. is not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. Our scripture today is from Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 45. Bobby McQuaid, my wife, is going to introduce those. This morning we're going to focus on the meeting of Mary and Elizabeth. And as we do that, let us go to a place known as En Karim. It's in the hills just outside of Jerusalem, less than a day's walk from the temple. En Karim is the traditional city of Judah, and it is the birthplace of John the Baptist. The name means Spring of the Vineyard. And the grapevines are still there, still singing the song of the vineyard recorded in Isaiah 5. And this is the heart of the region where John the Baptist grew up and became strong in spirit. But this morning we want to commemorate a time before John's birth, the time when the mother of our Lord visited her kinswoman, Elizabeth. If you can, imagine with me the swirl of emotions inside this pregnant, teenaged virgin as she made her way up to Elizabeth's home. There had to be a lot of confusion and deep fear of what would happen to her when Joseph realized she was pregnant, when her parents found out when the whole village, including the religious leaders, discovered it. Her life was literally on the line. And yet, we learn that she has a great joy inside as well, and a perfectly splendid submission to the mysterious will of God. Elizabeth is rejoicing in a miracle pregnancy herself. When the two of them meet, the Holy Spirit manifests himself in a leaping joy inside the babe in Elizabeth's womb and fills her with his presence. And here's how the story is recorded by Luke. Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child 
you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. The key verse I want you to notice is, blessed is she who has believed. Elizabeth and Mary were being asked to believe something unbelievable. First of all, that Mary was pregnant without having had sexual relations. It was a miracle birth. But more than that, she and Elizabeth were being asked to believe that this child in her womb was the very Son of God. Now they were looking for his coming, but they didn't know how that would take place. They were looking for his coming because the prophets 700 years before them had announced that God would come in flesh and dwell among his people. And so now they are astounded, they are surprised, but they are believing. And it is an incredible story, even to this day. It is one that many people in our time cannot believe. It is too outrageous that God would become flesh. Think about this. God created the heavens and the earth. And in John, we're told, the word became flesh. And everything that was made was made by the word, Jesus. He was that creation. He was the hand that formed the galaxies, the stars, the planets, men and women. Everything was created by him, John says. And we're asked to believe that story in our time. And so, you think about the vastness of the universe, which we're learning more and more in these days about how many galaxies, how many stars are out there that we don't even know about. The sun, for example, belongs to a galaxy called the Milky Way, and I'm sure you have looked uh, up at the Milky Way sometimes. Ast uh, astronomers estimate there are about 100,000 million stars in the Milky Way alone. Outside that, there are millions upon millions of other galaxies. Just think about that. That this child coming was God in flesh. He was the one who created all of this. What we are discovering in our time, even more than they understood in their time. And what they were being asked to believe was that God was in flesh. The God who created this universe came 
and was in the womb of Mary. Imagine this story. Think about this story. Is it something you can actually believe? It's unbelievable. It is ridiculous. It is a story that people look at us and say, well, that's a nice story. We tell it at Christmas time. But really? Really? This little baby in her womb was God in flesh, the one who created all of the stars, all of the planets, all of the creatures, all of the people. This God became a little baby in Mary's womb. And they were asked to believe that. And they did believe it. And there are people today who cannot believe this. It is too outrageous. It is too beyond imagination. It is too far out for people to accept that this little baby in her womb, about to be born, was the very Son of God, the one who had created everything, walked among the stars, fellowshiped with his father, this baby was to become the savior of mankind. We're being asked to believe this story today. This is what separates us from other people who do not believe. We believe this. We believe this because we have discovered that Jesus is real in our lives. That he has changed us. That he has made us anew. That he has transformed us. And this was the central event in all of human history. Nothing would ever again be the same. I ask you today to believe. I read recently that there are many people who grew up in the church, go to Sunday school, attend worship services, and then, at some point, stop, leave. Maybe you know some of those folks who used to go to church, who grew up in the church. And uh, people give various reasons for believing and not worshiping. Well, the church is full of hypocrites. church is always asking for money. On and on. But those are not the real reasons. The studies have shown that the reason people stop is that they stop believing. They stop believing this outrageous story. Let us embrace at this time the story and believe even as 
Mary and Elizabeth did. And I thought about Mary carrying the baby Jesus inside her body and actually feeling his movements and experiencing his growth month by month. And she went on to give birth to this astonishing Savior we call Jesus. And as I was contemplating these things, this thought dropped into my mind. I'm in you, too. It just takes your breath away. And I began to think, yes, he's in me. Jesus is in me. Am I feeling his movements inside my heart? Or do days, weeks, months go by as if my faith is stillborn? Am I experiencing a growth in my knowledge of him and love for him as the months go by? Or have I stunted his growth within me by my inattention and indifference. I'm stunned and shamed by the answers that I know are sometimes true. But my prayer for myself and for each one of you is that as we consider our faith during the remainder of this Advent season, we will do the things we need to do in order to give birth to Jesus for the people around us. May our souls magnify the Lord, and may our spirits rejoice in God our Savior. Will you pray with me? God of the universe, great and glorious, magnificent in every way, perfect in your intentions, full of love for us enough to become an embryo, a tiny, helpless baby. Lord, we praise you and we worship you and we thank you for who you are and for what you have done. We believe we believe. God, help our unbelief and help us to give birth to Jesus, even as Mary did, into a lost world that we may glorify your name. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we stand for affirmation, I want to share a statement from C.S. Lewis. He said, Jesus says, give me all. I don't want so much of your time and so much of your money and so much of your work. I want you. No half measures are good. I don't want to cut off a branch here and there. I, don't want, to, I want the whole tree down. I don't want to drill the tooth or crown it or stop it, but to have it out. Hand over your whole natural self, 
all the desires which you think innocent as well as the ones you think wicked, the whole outfit, I will give you a new self. In fact, I will give you myself. Let us stand for our affirmation. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works. We believe in Jesus, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace. We believe in the Holy Spirit, Thank you. You may be seated and we'll receive our morning tithes and offerings.
again. May the peace and joy and love of Christ fill you as you go out this week to share the good news of Jesus coming in your place of work, in your home, in your social circles. Amen.
Hallelujah. 